Yes, it's episode 70 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, it's a Sunday night. It's um the 3rd the third of June, and uh, shit, we're almost halfway through the year. I was going to start singing some Bon Jovi, but not even he can hit those notes anymore, so I don't know what I would think I could. But uh, yet, it is 3rd of June. How's your week been? We are entering, this. we've entered the sixth month of the year summer is here how do i know because hay fever is here trying to make a comeback trying to make a comeback throwback thursdays me flipping hay fever i uh i quit hay fever six years ago if you didn't know um i tried to do this whole mind over matter thing where i just told myself i don't have hay fever anymore and it, it worked most of the time for the past five six years but today it's really so. No, Darren, there's a thing called reality and you can't just pretend you don't have allergies. And um, yeah, I've got hay fever. I admit it. I think that's the first step to pro- to, uh, to recovery, right? You have to first admit that you have a problem. Can you confront your problems? Don't hide. Don't be scared. It's not your fault. Yeah, I've got hay fever. All right. I've been sneezing. My eyes have been itching. I can't breathe. Now I'm just sniffing all day. I'm having that to interrupt conversations. People are talking, like, wait, wait, hold that thought. Why? I have to run into a corner, stop my face from exploding. So don't look at me. What? Don't look at me! It's not all in my bloody moustache. Absolutely pathetic sight of a human being. Adam, now I'm just being a... Just mouth breathing. So if I woke up on Saturday morning, my mouth so dry. It's like I've been like sucking off a vacuum cleaner. I mean, I don't know what that would actually feel like, but I imagine that would make my mouth dry. Yeah, totally. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, not sucking off vacuum cleaners, no. Just been having hay fever this week. But uh, the rest of the week, the rest of the week has been fun. I have had some fantastic news with uh, the BBC Radio a new comedy award out of apparently 600 applicants. Uh, I'm one of the 50 who have been selected for the heats. So, I mean, heat number three at Up the Creek in Greenwich on June 26th, Tuesday. Tuesday, we have a live studio audience. Well, it's not a studio. It's a comedy club. Live audience going to be broadcasted live on Radio 4 Extra. So I'll be on the radio. It'll be my second time on BBC. It's on BBC this Sunday, just gone. On BBC West Midlands. Local radio. Now we're going to be on BBC4. National radio. Doing some comedy. So um, you don't have to come to my gigs anymore. Just uh, tune in. Tune in on that day. I'll see how I feel. I mean, I won't be hungover, so I should do alright. If I just don't go through, then it's just because it just weren't my time. But I know exactly what I'm doing. Exactly what five minutes are doing. Why? Because I have to send the body transcript of what I'm doing. Because they need to make sure that it is safe for broadcast. It has to be ready for broadcast. It's a live broadcast, which means clean. In other words, non-sweary, non-libelous, and also no excessive mention of brands. Although mention of brands is allowed. So those are the rules. Those are the rules uh, of my. Five minutes of comedy. 
not allowed to swear, not allowed to make stuff up about someone, which I think is totally fine. I think my five minutes doesn't have any of that stuff, so I've got to do that. If I get through, if if I get through, then it's the semi-final in Edinburgh at the start of August, and then the final is the week after in Edinburgh. Again, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. See how that goes. Fingers crossed, that'd be good if we can get through that. Get that international exposure. Well, no, national exposure and stuff. But, hey, I'm just happy to be, I'm just happy to be involved. It's hard to be taking part, you know. Sometimes it's just to take part. It's a great opportunity. If I don't go through, I might just go full Kanye. Live on radio. Just be like, what? This is live, yeah? Fuck. <laughs> just end broadcast. Let's cut to some cheesy music. We are sorry to interrupt the live broadcast of this heat of the BBC Radio New Comedy Awards. We'll shortly return back to the show. Until then, please enjoy the, the sweet sounds of Kenny G. Jazz. Um, so that's happened that w- this week. What else? What else has happened this week? Oh, I cannot think what happened. I gigged down at Junior Booker's show. That was fun. Trying some new stuff and that. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday... I was doing Wednesday with girlfriend. Thursday, pre that pod um, post live on post where we review other podcasts. Done for the past two weeks. I won't be there this Thursday because um, I'll be gigging, gigging because I'm allowed to gig. Oh, oh, my son's allowed to gig. Politics, people. Absolute politics. Behind the scene politics. Um, I was booked for a gig. Been booked for a long time. And then a bigger, more established club emails me and goes, uh, yeah, look, I know how hard it is to get gigs, but listen, um, look, we think it's pretty darn right rude and cheeky for them to set up a night on the same night as ours. So here's the thing. Um, if you perform at this gig, you can never perform at my club again. I was like, wow, that sounds fair. Um, yeah, so yeah, you uh, you can't perform at our club again. And I was like, oh, I don't see how this is absolutely fair or even relevant to me. This is a one-off night and, you know, it just doesn't compete with your night at all. Um, so I go, no, I don't really like your ultimatum, mate. And he went, well, I don't really care if you don't like your ultimatum. Um, you don't, if you feel confused about it, then just do that gig, mate, and just never perform for me again. And I was like, come nah. So I had to message the guys organising the gig I'm booked on to say, look, guys, I'm kind of being ransomed here to not perform. Could you talk to this guy to sort it out? So allegedly they've spoken and it's all good, but I still haven't heard anything back from the guy who bloody ransomed me. So I'm not sure if I'm blacklisted anyway from this club, which is hilarious. But, um, you know, either way, I'll be performing at Resistance Comedy at the Resistance Gallery on Thursday. The 7th of June. I think tickets are still available. I know a few people got tickets already. So come on down. If you want to come to that. Uh, I've just seen my cousin pulling up in his car. Um, I wonder if he's going to come and knock on the window. Not sure. But then uh, what else happened this week? That's next week. 
and Thursday I'll be performing. What happened this week? So I did pre up hard. Friday got fucking boozed, man. So boozed. Way too boozed. Have you ever got so drunk somewhere that you um you had to get out your phone to check to put on Google locations to work out where the hell you are, only to realise you are in the same club? You ever done that? Or is that just me being a drunken mess? I think it's just me being a drunken mess, isn't it? You lot ain't done that before. Because you're normal. You're absolutely normal. And I almost wrote myself off for Saturday. Gigged for the first time in Birmingham. Which was fantastic. At Upfront Comedy. Shout out John Simmitt. Running that night. Uh, Ori Styler MCing. Gigged for the first time with the wonderful Maureen Younger. And Will E... Shut the place down, headlining. Um, so yeah, man, that was a good gig. First time gigging in Birmingham. Lived there for three years. It felt like a homecoming and stuff, and it was good. It was good. I did well. I did well. It was a good night. Good night. Even though I was so hungover before, um, to put I was falling apart. And I was like, shit, I've been here before. I've done this before. Almost ruined the gig for being too hungover. I've got to the age I can't drink anymore. I've just got to cut it completely down now. Like, it's not even that kind of self-pity and hangover chat. This is real. 30 now, and my body can't take it anymore. So, not going to knock booze on the head completely, because, you know, you set those unrealistic goals, and you just fail monumentously. So, But I'm going to definitely cut it right down. Cut it right down. I don't even drink that often. It's just when I do drink, I just forget that I can't drink as much as I used to be able to. And I'm just fucked for the whole day. At least I had a headache. Such a bad headache the next day. Like I felt like there was a crab crawling on my brain. Um, so, yeah. Not doing that again. But, no, recovered. But, listen. After the gig, though. Jeez. It was me, uh, my girlfriend, and Ori. Ori's on the phone to someone on video call. We was all chatting away after the gig. We're like the last three people in the building. We walk out of the building. It's at the MAC, the Midlands Arts Centre. Walk out of the building now. And all I see, all I hear is like an engine revving up. And then I see the back end of a Range Rover in the air. This massive bang. That I can't even process what that is. I thought it was a gunshot or firework. And I see the back end of this Range Rover in the air. I was like, what the fuck? So all three of us like just run like out into the road to see what's happening. Can't process what's happening. Next thing I see, the guy in the driver's seat, door flies open, runs off. I'm like, shit, what? That's not the way to react. You crash your car. Then the guy in the passenger seat stumbles out. And runs the other way. I was like, what is happening? The car is written off. Like, the front of the car is smashed to pieces. Then you've got the driver, which you now know is the actual owner of the cars, walking down from the other end of the car park in just bits. Guy in, like, his 50s, man. He's, um, security there as well. We later find out that he got bloody carjacked at knife point. But these two guys probably like we don't know probably in their teens. Knife, it's like yeah, uh, carjacked him. Knife point, forced him on the ground, down around his throat. 
took the man's car, drove it no more than 100 yards, 150 yards top, and wrote the car off. If it wasn't so tragic, it'd be hilarious. How dare you rob a car? You can't even drive. How dare you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't do that, man. Like we were saying, like, if you'd rob a PlayStation, yeah, we'd know at least you've gone home and you're playing PlayStation. You know what I mean? You rob money, all right, you're going to spend that money. But to rob a car and you can't even drive, you've crashed it 150 yards away. Like, what are you playing at? And they ran off. Um, I was lucky I didn't register what was happening because I would have ran towards the passenger knowing that he'd taken ages to get out. Be like, you ain't getting, you're not going anywhere, you fucker. But then I would have found out the guy had a knife. Imagine me getting stabbed, getting juked up after a gig. Jesus. Not worth it. Especially in front of the girlfriend as well. That's just not, not the thing, is it? Um, Yeah. I just felt sorry for the dude. It was just like, it's just, it was disrespectful. That's the thing. Like, we, me and Ori was just talking about it all the way back. It was like, where's the. Where's that the honour amongst thieves? Where's that code of conduct? There's no code. And I'm not saying you should be robbing and there should be the right way to rob or the wrong way to rob, but there's just no code. These kids are wild. I was, we spoke to some guy, some local, and he's like, yeah, it's all drugs, man. No, it's all drugs. It's all drugs, man. Yeah. And he says that basically it's all the elders of the streets are telling all these kids, nah, you lot need to work together. But these kids are like, nah, fuck it. It's open season. I'm my own man. I do what I want. And apparently, it's just a free for all in Birmingham. Speaking to some other locals who was at the gig, they were just like, "Yeah, this welcome to Birmingham." It's they go, literally another car got robbed last week from this same car park. He's like, "Shit, you know, absolutely horrendous behaviour." Um, but no, I felt sorry for the dude, man. And uh, yeah, I've just never witnessed anything like that. No one is anything like it. It was quite, quite harrowing. And uh, we were discussing, like, would, if your kid, because we think they're kids, if you found out your son committed a crime like that, what would you do? I said I'd probably kick the shit out of my son. Then I'd let his mum decide whether he called the police or not. You know what I mean, because there's some crimes, right, that you can back your kid. I think, I think there's some crimes you back your kid. If your kid actually has a fair one-on-one fight, and he actually ends up assaulting the person pretty badly. But it was a one-on-one fight. Do what? Lay low, mate. You was defending yourself. You was in the fight. Fine. But if you're going out with your 14, 15-year-old self and you're carjacking people, fuck off. I didn't raise you like that. And I'm, yeah, I'm snitching. Fuck you. That's right. Future son... When you listen back to your dad's podcast, I don't know why you'd ever do this. Just know on episode 70, I said, if you commit a crime that I think that makes me look like an arsehole of a parent, I'm shopping you in. Myself. Alright, so don't even try it. It's out there, it's out in the universe now. But no, it's, it was mad. It was mad, just mad, just mad. Went back to our hotel room and let me tell you something. Our hotel room was disgusting. Rubbish. Actually, right, remind me of a cross between uni halls 
and and built for prison. Now, well, I'm a prison bad, but oh god, the carpet was just 1980s. They didn't have anything covering the base of the bed, so you could just see the two divan blocks just there. I don't think they had wheels on the bed. Mattress, old ass looking cushions. Bit of painted over mould on the walls. Cracks. Uh, Curtains weren't even big enough for the fucking window. The tap in the shower. The tap in the the sink didn't actually reach over the back of the sink. Properly. The toilet seat was too small for the toilet. The shower was nice. (laughs) Old ass TV, no, TV wasn't old, but it was made by like, a brand like Seiko, whatever Seiko, it was, you know where it's like a, it's straight from Argos, like it's their own brand, like a, you know those like Matsui's, who remembers Matsui, those type of brands, it's one of them, you know there's like, there's no online guidance how to use this machine, yeah, you can't, there's no warranty on these, on these TVs. And it was that we um well we stayed there. It was fifty pounds for the room. It was all right. But I went down for breakfast. Said yeah, breakfast for two, buffet breakfast. We opened up the the thing, the serving trays. Looked at the breakfast. Just said, excuse me, um, can we uh can we cancel that breakfast now? <laughs> it was trash. Absolute trash. Shout out the Rowton, the Rowton Hotel, the Rowton Hotel. Um, the building looks flipping grand from the outside, but it was in uh, Derretend, Birmingham, and um, I wouldn't suggest anyone stay there. I mean, it's all right for a night. My girlfriend went, this is the kind of hotel room you would take someone if you just wanted to fuck them and never speak to them again. And I was like, nope. I would I wouldn't be shocked if I took a girl here to fuck her, but they went, Ashley, do you know what? I'm on my period now. Just like what? Like yeah, it just came now. So I'm gonna go home. Like, I mean, I don't mind doing you on your period. Yeah, I I don't want that. So no, I'm going home. All right. Do you know what? This room's too disgusting to have a wank in. I'm not even gonna do that. <laughs> Oh dear, but it's all right. It's all right because I've got two lovely hotels to stay in uh, for July and August. And I go to Costa Rica and Bath, so I can't complain. Cannot complain. But it was good um, to be in Birmingham and stuff. But what else? That's my life. I've just been rabbiting on my life to today. I've just been enjoying the sun. I was at so full supporting some black businesses. Because, you know, I'm about that life. But I've been speaking about my week. All of my week. And I haven't really spoke about what's happened in the news at all. What has happened in the news? What's really, what has really happened? you got that black Spider-Man. You hear about him, of course. Feels like old news now, black Spider-Man. But um, let me let me read this, the article. Because not many people know how the baby ended up in that position. 
But Spider-Man Boy had fallen 15 feet from the balcony above. A boy left hanging off a Paris balcony before being rescued by a hero immigrants. Climber, dubbed Spider-Man, had already fallen from the floor above it emerged today. The twist in the saga came as the unnamed child's father, who was out shopping and playing Pokemon Go on Saturday, leaving his son alone on the balcony. That's alright. You know what I mean? Oi! Little kids, look, oh, I need to play Pokemon Go, like, really, like, right now. Uh, where's the best place to put you? I don't know, because I'm only full. Um, the balcony? Do you know what? I think that's a good idea, son. Uh, I'm going to put you on the balcony. Uh, look, whatever you do, don't climb over, all right? But I'm full. I have no real awareness of my own mortality and how dangerous it would be to fall from this high. Yeah, just don't just don't climb out there. I mean, if I was going to leave you on your own, I could leave you in the safety of the flat and lock the doors. You know, pull sharp things away and pop out for five minutes. I mean, that's irresponsible of me, completely. I mean, I could just call my wife and say, hey, could you pick this up from the shop? But I don't need something from the shop. I actually need to play Pokemon Go. And there's a rare Charizard down the road. So, kid, just don't fucking kill yourself, all right? All right, I'm out. Bye. Anyway... He was threatened with two years in prison. Shortly after 8pm, the four-year-old climbed over the front of the balcony and then dropped about 15 feet onto the front ledge of the balcony below. Uh, as the crowd gathered, hero Mamadou Gassama scaled the building in less than 30 seconds. The video shows the Malian uh, reach, reaching the boy, grabbing him by the left arm and pulling, pulling him to safety. Uh, a neighbour confirmed the little boy had fallen from the fifth floor and he was wearing Spider-Man flip-flops. Oh, the dramatic irony, because he's wearing Spider-Man flip-flops and the man who saved him climbed like Spider-Man. And guess what? There was also a spider's web in the corner of the room. You just can't write this stuff. Anyway, um, the man who has, been named, who, who has not been named can be seen grabbing the boy just before Gassama arrived. The little lad was bleeding from the toes and had lost a nail. Jesus. And the neighbour told the La Parisienne newspaper the boy was very brave as he had fallen from the floor above. He weren't brave. He's been like, he's been doing those uh, gym work. The upper body strength to hold yourself up for that long when you're four. Jesus. You know, but that that is amazing. That That is amazing from uh, from the kid there. So, but yesterday, President Emmanuel Macron invited Mr. Gassama to the Elysee Palace and said the immigrant was to be made a citizen. The boy's grandmother said Mr. Gassama was truly a hero. Speaking to French TV station RMC, she said thankfully he knew how to climb because there were a lot of people below, but he didn't just fold his arms. That was truly incredible. He was very brave. And I usually hate Africans. No, she didn't add that last bit, I did. Uh, the boy's mother said it could have been worse. I'm relieved. And in a hurry to get back with my husband and my son. I'm not going to boil my husband. I'm not justifying my husband's behaviour. We can say that what happened could have happened to anyone. My son was just lucky. No. 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 Not acceptable. No. 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 You boil your husband. You fry him. You roast him. You chip him. You make him into a fucking salad. How is he going to get away from... Well, I'm not going to bore my husband. Let's just say it's a lucky escape. Fuck off. You think anyone I was married to left my son on a balcony? And we're staying together. There may be a vicious assault. 
How are you going to leave my son on the fucking balcony? Don't even leave my dog on the balcony. What's wrong with you? Listen. I don't know what's going on inside that household. Like this, the guy must literally be Peter Griffin from Family Guy. For the wife to be like, oh, well. <laughs> what is that? Um, she said she was en route to Paris where she was set to be questioned by social services today. Why did you marry this man? Uh, from from Reunion Island, the French territory in the Indian Ocean, Paris prosecutor Francois Moulin said the 36-year-old father was facing charges of failing to failing in the legal obligation of a parent. Punishable by two years in prison, he will appear in court on September 25th. Now, also nothing to consider. Uh, Mamadou Gassama, immigrant, didn't have his papers. I'm telling you now, I said this on Tuesday at Julie Booker's gig. If that was me, boy, that kid would have been left there. I would have walked past. My friend would be like, hey, Mamadou, you can climb. Save the kids. No, I can climb, but listen, um, I haven't got my papers, so I'm, I'm not really trying to put myself out there, you know. So I'm just trying to get someone pregnant in Paris right now. Hopefully get my stay that way. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be trying to expose myself to that, but fair play to the guy. You're a true hero, man. You're a true hero. Um, else that was happening in the news Raheem Sterling I mean there's not much to talk about that I think the press is bored of that now aren't they they'll pick up something else to, to pick on the lad for but you know a lot of people say well this is what you get for playing for England you should play for Jamaica and if you play for Jamaica you probably wouldn't be playing our World Cup so let's be honest alright let's be honest about these things uh, I, I love Jamaica but not at football it's the fun of being uh being of immigrant parents you can pick and choose like me i hey athletics jamaican all the way up to 400 meters beyond that hey team gb <laughs> you think i'm bloody jamaican when it comes to cycling and sailing behave team gb of course i am be honest though when it is super long distance running then yeah let me go on that bloody genealogy.com, familytree.co.uk. Find out that I'm Ethiopian or Kenyan, innit? Course I am. Course I am. Course, course I'm Ethiopian. Um, support whoever the hell you want. Play for whoever you want, mate. And um, now nah, the Raheem Sterling thing's all a bit mad. I was speaking to my mate about it. He goes, I think it's to do with the fact that, you know, he goes, like, he's, he's been unfairly targeted, but. Just the background, his background, the fact that he's got four kids by four different women. I was like, you know, that's not true, right? He's like, what? So like, that's not true. He's like, fucking hell. They've really done a number on him, haven't they? <laughs> so, yeah, poor guy. Poor Rahim. But I think he'll get over it. I think he'd be all right. What else has happened in the news? Drake, push-up. I mean, I, I can't talk about it on my own. What I will say is that Pusha T is an absolute monster. Still waiting for Drake's response. I mean, to respond with a press release, that's an L. That's a huge L. This on politician, crisis management mode. And we want bars, man. I'm here for the beef. I think it's sad and pathetic that people follow in beef so intently. But I'm one of those sad and pathetic people. I don't care. I love beef. I'm here for it. I want it. Fight along, lads. Fight along. As long as no one's shot or stamped, keep it lyrical. Keep it lyrical, guys. Don't keep it classy, though. I want it trashy. Right, how long have I done? 
been talking for ages. 27 minutes, right? Um, what else am I gonna do? What gonna do? What gonna do? What do? Let's go to Deirdre. Um, nah, that's too deep. I'm not qualified for that. Oh dear. Let's go. Let's go, Deirdre. All right, here it goes. Dear Deirdre, swinging with my wife, my wife, was great while it lasted, but now I realise I have better sex with other women. Ooh. I was enjoying swinging with my wife, but I made a remark about her small boobs and it soured everything. Yeah, God. Hey, babe, uh, swinging was great last night. Yeah, oh, did you see how big Helen's tits were? What? Helen's tits, like, they are huge, like, huge, like, so womanly, unlike your small tits, like, I, I, I don't hate your small tits, I just don't like your small tits, I mean, but Helen's tits, wow, now, those are tits, wow, if you had tits like that, math, I don't think I'd need to swig, but wow, don't you think they're great, babe, babe, are you are you are you crying? Why are you, why are you crying, babe? Oh, what? Anyway, I'm 47. My wife is 44. We've been together for 10 years. Sex between us has gone from fantastic to rubbish, all down to our clashing shift patterns at, at the hostel we both work. I asked my boss to change my rotor so it did not affect my relationship so much, and I changed a few things at home too. I registered with a swinger website and then broached the subject with my wife. She was up for it, and although nervous when we met the first couple, she quickly realised that she was happy to watch me with someone else, and it meant that she didn't have to participate in sex so much. I'll sit this one out. You lot just carry on, all right? I'm going to just have a cup of tea. No, I'm not joining. I don't want to spill the tea on anyone. It's dangerous. You lot carry on. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Go on. That's, yeah, well done, Gary. Lovely. No, carry on. Good work. We met a few people and then joined a swinging club in the neighbouring county uh, where we would go for special evenings. Can you hear my nose is fully blocking up now? We met this great couple. Uh, they became our friends and we all went to Grand Canaria f- f- to a specialist place. What's a specialist place for swinging? You just need a room, don't you? Uh, there's lots of flirty fun during the day with wild sex each night with them. After some games one night, the other guy picked up a bra and swung it around, asking who it belonged to. It won't be hers, I said, pointing to my wife. She'd never feel that. Oh, my God, mate. She's letting you bang other women. Just be courteous. What's wrong with you, man? He's, just, he's had too much to drink. He's getting carried away. He's like, you've got my head away all week. Now nah, it's just bad, uh, bad, uh, bad, uh. No, 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 no. You fucked it. Uh, she was livid. She stormed out the room, and when I chased after her, she said, "How dare you imply that I'm flat-chested? Because you're an A cup. That's why, darling. I didn't imply it. Your 32A implies that you're flat-chested. Uh, she hardly spoke to me for the rest of the holiday, but it made me open my eyes to what she's like. I mean, she's so selfish." She lets me have sex with other women, but it's all about her. Um, I was having better sex, better kisses, and more attention from these other women. She's not going to leave her husband for me, and we've stopped the swinging because it was causing so many rows. But it made me think, should I end things with my wife? 
and look elsewhere. No, get her a tit job and just bang her. That's my relationship advice for you, mates. Oh, what else? Oh, dear. This is fun. Uh, dear, out, out in the cold, my fiance is depressed and has decided to chuck me out. We're meant to be getting married later this year. Dear Deirdre, my fiancé has been diagnosed with depression and thrown me out four months before our wedding. Uh, we are both 32, we have been together for two years and have a son. She told me she wanted to deal with it alone so that I wouldn't be upset if I saw her feeling down. I pick my son up on Friday nights and he stays with me at my dad's house. I've asked my fiancé if I can go back and if the wedding is still on, but she says she feels nothing for anyone except our son. Jeez, well, if you love her, give it a go, mate. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about depression in any kind of jovial way because uh, I'm just not qualified enough to do it. I mean, you know. Oh, right. Which one? All right, let's do this. Dear Deirdre, I'm pregnant after a drunken threesome with my best mate and her husband. Great. Um, there is no doubt it is his, as there hasn't been anyone else. I'm 37, my best friend is 36, her husband's 41, they've been married for 14, for 12 years. I spend an evening around my friend's house, as we often do, we, we have been friends for 15 years. My friend confided in me that a marriage has become stale and the sex is pretty much non-existent. Non-existent, they have been trying for a baby for many years, oh god. And deep down, I think she blames her husband for not being able to get her pregnant. Oh, God. We had gone through a few bottles of wine and were both very drunk by the time my husband came back from a night out. He had been drinking heavily, too. We all ended up having more drinks together. We decided to spice things up. How? How? How does that happen? How do you spice things up? Are you sure you play a game of Scrabble? How about both of you ladies suck my dick? Huh? 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 Uh, uh, because the Scrabble board's up in the attic, and that's really far away. So, yeah. Uh, uh, her husband and I were the ringleaders. My friend's idea of sex is to get it over and done with, whereas her husband wants a lot more from sex and is open-minded like me. My friend was 100% up for it, though. I had sex with her husband while she watched. It was mind-blowing, despite it all being new to me. I then gave her a massive orgasm, her only one ever, she said. Her husband was in his element. It was amazing. I can't remember much else, just that it was all a bit awkward when we woke up the next morning and nobody was dressed. <laughs> it only happened that one time. I haven't seen them since, much since. My friend says that things are better between her and her husband. Yeah, because he closes his eyes and thinks about you each time they have sex. But I hadn't been feeling well, so I went to see the doctor. She asked if I could be pregnant. I said I was on the pill and hadn't had much sex recently, but there was an outside possibility. The test showed I'm three months pregnant. I'm in shock. I don't know what to do. It will break my friend. Yeah, it will. But uh, if you're keeping the kids, I guess you better tell them because he's the father. And you can all raise it together. That's what you could do. I think that's what you should do there. Um, she shouldn't be upset. She let her husband bear back her best mate. She can't be upset that she's pregnant now. Um, so what else is there? Is there anything else? No, I don't think there's anything else. But like I said, so gigs coming up this week. Uh, the Resistance Comedy gig on the 7th of June. I'll also be at... 
United colours of comedy on the same night. I'm not sure how I'm doing this logistically, whether I'll start one and go to the other, or start the other and go to the other one. Not sure yet, but I will be at both. My face will be at both gigs. Also, on Wednesday, I'm going to see Bill Burr. Woo! Bill Burr, the guy who inspired me to do a podcast, actually. Bill Burr. So, Bill Burr, we've seen him at the Royal Albert Hall. That'd be fantastic on Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be with Drunkle Jay. He recorded my podcast on the Monday night. So, I might release that on Wednesday. That's because it's midweek. It's so early in the week. There's the things I'll be covering. There'll be stuff that going on in the week. So, I might release that on Wednesday as like a bonus episode. And then I'll do the normal one at the weekend. Might do that. Why not? Why? Because I can release podcasts when the hell I want. Okay? You can't tell me what to do. Shut your mouth. It's my podcast. This is Chris Brain Dump. And that is it. See you later. Sayonara. Domo origato. Is that real Japanese? I don't know what that means. Salmon nigiri. Japanese. <laughs>